Welcome to NG Church Network Podcast. We are capturing stories of strength, encouragement and comfort as we pursue spirit-led lives. So Gary, we did Alpha together at least once, maybe a couple of times, well, I'm not sure. Twice. Twice. Yeah. And I remember you asking a question once, because uh, I tended to ask people first week, I say to people, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? And we go around the table. And you said something along the lines of, mm. uh, why would God give a teenager depression? Mm. Now, I knew you, and I knew you were talking of yourself, but it was like one of those really heartfelt questions. So talk a bit about how, uh, when you first had depression, what that was like, I guess, through, through most of your life. Mm, yeah, I think it really started probably from about the age of seven or eight. It was already starting to show signs. Um, I was classed as a moody teenager, because in them days that was about all you actually got diagnosed with was a moody teenager. And Did then you it, go to a doctor then? I think my mum spoke to a doctor about it, and that's, that's what she always told me, that it was just classed as a moody teenager. Yeah. So I sort of like carried on through to my early 20s, in and out of bouts, but never really knowing that that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, until about 24, I was diagnosed with bipolar. Um, and just go back before that, did you know anybody else suffering like you were suffering at that stage? Did um, you feel different to everyone? Oh, yeah, I felt completely different. I, I always classed it as feeling um, out of step with society. Okay. I always felt one step behind because I always felt different. Yeah. Everything, emotions, the way I dealt with situations was always different. Yeah. It always seemed different to me. Yeah. Um, and I know in the family we'd got, my grandma was quite ill with <laughs> depression. Yeah. Um, my mum suffered, my uncle suffered. Um, so I'd, I'd already, I thought we were the norm and it was everybody else that was different. Yes. Because that's what I grew up with. Yes. Um, and then, it, like I said, 24, I'd seen doctors and then I was recommended to a psychiatrist and then actually diagnosed with bipolar. Yeah. And so then from So that what year age, are we talking here? What year? Uh, <laughs> Given away your age here. <laughs> was it 1990? Okay. 1990 I was yeah. diagnosed. Yeah. Um, and then on a regular basis, I had to see psychiatrists. I had to go to anger management and group therapy, just trying to find, the doctors were just trying to find a way to help. Mm. None of it at the time helped. Mm. Um, I was having bouts of, I think the worst was probably about six months where I was struggling to get out of bed. I wouldn't get, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of the house. I never went out of the house for weeks on end. I couldn't answer telephones. I couldn't speak to anybody. And apparently at one point I got so bad, I didn't even realize people were coming to see me. I was, I'd got to a really bad state. And that was when I, well, it was recommended to my wife at the time that I should be sectioned. Right. And it was her choice. And she said no, which I think at the time was probably the wrong decision. Yeah. I really should have been sectioned. Yeah. Because I was in a, a really bad place. So then it progressed on throughout the years where I'd have bouts of, it was usually around a month, two months that I'd be ill yeah, um, and severely ill. Yeah. And my, my bipolar was severe depression, yeah. mild hy hypermania. So the, okay. the, the manic phases weren't as bad as the depression. Yes. Um, and work-wise, you were working throughout this time, I apart from worked. when you were down. Yeah, uh, I had to have time off ill. Yes. But I always worked in between. And then you worked um, as a... 
at the time I was a bus driver. Yeah. But I lost the job. They had to let me go because I was off too many times because that job just didn't sit well with manic depression. And that actually triggered a lot of the episodes I had. Yes. Um, what, the pressure of... Yeah, it was the pressure. I'd, I'd been assaulted as well while I was a bus driver, and I think that added to it. That yes. led to about, I think at that point, I was off for another two months. Yes. You know, and then I'd, I'd been on every medication they could think of. I'd yeah. been on lithium for 10 years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was a. I think as I got older, it helped. Yes. Because you you get a little bit of more of an insight into life. Yes. But I was still having regular bouts, yes. and even when I met Tina. Yes. I was still having regular bouts. I'd still end up in bed for a, at least a week. Yes. Um, and then we just carried on. Yes. As an aside, where did you meet Tina? I don't know if I've ever asked you that. Where did you meet? It was actually because um, a stepdad, Alan. Yeah. Um, he was a bus driver. Yeah. And at that time I'd left and I'd become a joiner. Yeah. But there was a, um, a get together for okay. the bus drivers and I met her there. Okay. That's yeah. good. And the drivers get together. Yeah. And the, the first thing, I, the reason we actually got together was because mm. she wanted to do uh, properties. Okay. And because I was a joiner, it was more a case of, can you give me some advice? And then we just got to know each other. So. So she was wanting you to do jobs for her then? Even it, yeah, it was, I think it was more advice on costings. Yes. I think it was a bit of a ploy. I bet it was. Yeah, I knowing Tina, it was. it was definitely a ploy. Definitely a ploy. So I can't remember when she first came to the church, because I obviously knew her a good bit before I knew you. Mm. You've been married now? 10 years this year. So I'm guessing that must have been 12, 13 years ago when she first came to the church. I think it's actually a bit longer. Is it? Yeah, I think it's even longer than that. I'm sure she said it's about 15 or 16 years now. So she came along for a while, then uh, obviously started to make plans to get married. That's mm. about when I got to know you. Yeah. And you started hanging around with us as church folk. Yeah. Quite a bit then yeah oh yeah i was always at all the events yeah all yeah. the social stuff yeah i didn't come on a sunday morning no i don't remember seeing you then no but i did all the social events yeah i'd help out you know well i remember you helping install the pa yeah for the church yeah. before, before you were yeah. part of the church yeah. so no, i remember that and then what did you make of us lot then or christians then yeah you see i mean the the, the strange thing is because i was brought up as a non-christian yeah and i never knew anybody of any faith yeah. You know, and, and it was a really strange situation yes. coming into a church setting. But I, I don't know, I instantly felt welcome, which is, yeah. I think with the illness, a lot of the times you don't feel welcome because you feel so out of place. Yes. And all the time you feel out of place and it's, it's an awful feeling. But then when I came into the church setting, I just kind of slotted straight in. Yes. Yes. And every, and you, I mean, you Did get, you think we were mad? Yeah. I got, well, you've always got this preconception of, you know, people of faith that they're going to be absolutely crackers, you know, the happy clappers, as it was always yes. called. And that, that's obviously the thing that you, you bring with you. Yes. But obviously then to see that everybody's just normal people getting on with their lives and yes. they just enjoy going to church on a Sunday morning. And yes. I think that was the, 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 the big change in me initially was the fact that I was just accepted. Yes. Yes. You know. And so uh, there was a phase, I remember when you had a really bad back. Was that before or after you were married? Um, no, we'd been married. Yeah. I was, um, that was just before I turned 50, which yeah. was uh, 
just over six years ago. And uh, I'd, I'd been in a lot of pain. I'd always had back problems, but this time I'd, totally debilitating. And it turned out I'd actually had two slip discs. Yes. So I'd end up in hospital. Yeah. And for a good the, few days, actually. I was in hospital for over a week. Yes. But at the time, I'd also got some sort of infection that they couldn't pin <sighs> down. Yes. So then it came that they didn't know what was wrong with me. They, we, mm. we, they were talking about cancer. That's and, right. uh, oh, it was so many different diseases I was tested for. Um, and am I right in thinking, looking back, that we knew each other pretty well by then? Mm, yep. But it f in hindsight, I wonder if you didn't open your the door of your heart to God a little more at that time. You were comfortable with me praying for you. Oh yeah, yeah. You came into hospital and prayed for me, and and it didn't even it didn't feel strange. Yeah. I don't. I think I think I must have been opening up at that point because I was never scared. No. Everything that was taught that was told to me that you know I might have to have an operation where it was a fifty fifty. I could be yes. crippled. You know, I was never frightened. Yes. And yes. even when they were talking about cancer, and then it, it even came out, have you been abroad because it could be a tropical disease that you've yes. picked up? And I was thinking at the time, well, it'll be all right. Yes. I'll be fine. But it was and, a weird. It was a weird couple of weeks because oh, it, it was so a, debilitating, it, it, wasn't yeah. it? It was a really, really strange time, and it yeah. took. I think it took about six months for me to actually get back on my feet yeah. properly. Yeah. Um, but I was never, never scared at the time. And when you came out of hospital, were you sleeping downstairs and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't climb stairs. We had yeah. to sleep on a blow-up air bed. Yeah. And, and people had come to see us, and I was just laid out in the middle of the floor. It was a really strange time. Yeah. yeah and, uh, yeah, me and Tina slept downstairs for about four months, I think. Yes. Until I yes. could actually get upstairs properly again. Yeah, and, and, and I, I remember bits of that time, but I, I think something something potentially uh, in your heart just started. Oh, things are definitely, yeah. I, I didn't recognise it at the time, but now in hindsight, and I start thinking back and mm. things had definitely started changing. Mm. I was looking at things differently. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't getting as ill as much. Yeah, which was a, a strange one. Yes, the, there was less and less times, and even when I got about, it wasn't as long. Yes, so things must have definitely been changing early on, which yes. is probably about five years ago. Yes, so let's let's move it on to uh, the morning you became a Christian. Let's jump into that. Tell right. us about that. Uh, I remember bits of it, but just what do mm. you remember of that morning? The build up. How you felt in that moment? Yeah, it it was a strange morning anyway because the, the biggest part was we shouldn't have been at church that morning because mm. it was our anniversary and we always go away. But for some reason this time we says it's going to be a busy weekend, so we'll just go on the Friday night, come back the Saturday, so we can go to church on the Sunday morning. And we should say you'd started coming to church by then, hadn't you? I think, or not much? No, not oh, really. No, oh, okay. at that point, I'd done, I was just on doing an Alpha course at the time. Yeah. It was a second Alpha course. Yeah. And this Alpha course had been a bit differently because I'd got Colin on my table. Yes. Who picked on me every single week. <laughs> but he always came up with a good question. that just It just made me think a little bit more. Yes. So... The last video of the actual Alpha series was going to be on the, the Sunday morning. Yes. And if we'd not gone to church, we wouldn't see it. And yes. then the, la the final Alpha session was on the Sunday night. Yeah. So he we says, well, we'll just come back early and we'll go to church. Yes. So we came to church. Probably one of the first times I'd been 
as a service. Yes. And we were, we were sat down and it was just a normal service. We watched the video and... Uh, and at this point, you're watching the video. Are you feeling anything different or not? It was a little bit more... I was a bit more apprehensive that morning. Okay. So it was feeling... It, there was definitely something different. Yes. And then uh, you just said, look, if anybody wants any prayer. Yeah. So Tina had gone to the back. Was it Rob or me? It was Rob. It was Rob, wasn't Rob it? Rob was at the front. Yes. And I was sat in my, my seat and I was just I was getting hot and bothered and thinking, no, I'm not getting up. And then I was about to get up and I thought, no, I'm, I, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd never do anything out of character. I would never go up to the front. I would never ask for prayer because it's just out of character. So Robert said, if you want prayer, respond. Yeah, just come to the front. Come, come to, to the me. front. And, I'd, and there was a few people dotted around. There was Colin across there. Tina had gone to the back for the women. And there was Rob at the front. And I just got this overwhelming feeling I'd got to get up. <laughs> I was boiling, <laughs> absolutely sweating. And it never is in the school hall. We should just say that, shouldn't oh, we? It never is in the school no, hall. So it wasn't. No. It wasn't. So this was out of the ordinary. And, I, yeah. and then the next thing I really knew was I was in front of Rob. Mm. Can't remember getting up. Yeah. And then I just said to Rob, I just, you know, can you just pray for me? Yeah. That's all I wanted was him to just pray for me, just to have an open mind, open heart. Yeah. That's all I wanted. Yeah. And then I can't really remember anything he said. Yeah. What happened. Yeah. How long we were up there. It yeah. was, it's a total blur. Yeah. But it was just so, afterwards it was peaceful. Yes. And I mean really peaceful. Yes. You know, and it, it was just an amazing feeling. Yes. And the rest of the day, it was, it must have, I mean, I've never done drugs or anything, but it must have been like on a high. <laughs> yes. It was amazing. So and just dig into that peacefulness for me. What, you just felt, what, incredibly calm or? Yeah, it's like, I, I, I try to think of the best way to describe it, but it's like, you know, when you've, if you've had a busy day, you come in, you sit down and you go, ah, yes, everything yes. drifts away. Yes. And, and for me, because my mind is always on the go, because yes. unfortunately with the illness, you, your mind's so active all the time. Always racing. Always racing. Yeah. Always picking up faults with yourself. Yeah. And uh, always looking at the downside, always looking yeah. at the bad side of things. Yeah. So for me, that that day it was like, ah, yeah. and things drifted away. Yes. So me and T kind of we just said, right, well, we better, you know, we'll go out for some lunch. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking it's going to end. Yes. It didn't end. Yes. You know, the whole day. Yes. Was just an amazing feeling all day long. Yes. Um. I mean, Tina would give you the, the longer version of all of this, obviously. Oh, I'm because, sure she would. Yeah, you know what Tina's like. Yeah. But yeah, but, but the whole day I felt, and I thought, well, tomorrow I'll just get up and I'll, it'll be different. Yes. It wasn't different. Yes. So we kind of just went two days on, I think it was the Tuesday, and I just said to T, I've just got to pray the prayer of salvation. Yes. So you'd... Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. So we, me and Tina just went into the conservatory. Yes. She allowed me to light the candle that we'd not been allowed to light before. And we just sat there and I prayed the prayer of salvation. Yes. Yes. And it just felt so normal to do it. Yes. It was so natural to do it. 
If 10 year previous Gary had seen that Gary, <laughs> oh, oh no, what would, what would have you said about yourself? Oh, no, that's not me. Yes, I'd have definitely thought I'd be going through an episode. <laughs> definitely, yes. And what year was this? That was 2019. Yeah, 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 July 2019. Yes. And you got baptised uh, in the October. In the October. Yeah, because I came, to, we had a chat and I said to you at the point, I said, there's no point in waiting because I know this is, this is what I want. Yes. And I knew it was right. Yes. It felt right from that, that Sunday. Yes. It, there was no way that I was going to do it any other way. Yes. Yes. And uh, we should just say here, shouldn't we, that obviously Tina had prayed for you. Oh, everybody had prayed for me. Yes. You know, I mean, Tina had told me the whole way through that, you know, people in the church had been praying for me for years. Yes. yes. You know, and I didn't know that at the time. No. But when you think back, it's it's an amazing thing for a, a lot of people within the church. Yes. And the, the next bit we want to talk about a bit delicately, because it's not everybody's story. Mm. Uh, we obviously dialogue through that time. A few years have rolled on now. We're on mm. now 2023, so four years have rolled on. Yeah. Uh, actually, you becoming a Christian, you believe, has significantly impacted your oh. the the impact of the illness on you and your mental health. Talk yeah. about that for a bit. So I've been on on medication for about 30 years. Yeah. Um, and seen psychiatrists and doctors and, like I say, group therapy and everything. Yeah. And I'd tried a few years before uh, to come off the medication. Yeah. Done it exactly the way the doctor recommended. Yeah. Within a week, I was ill again. and needed to go straight back on the medication. You just knew? Oh, I, Tina told me to go back on the medication because yes. I, was, I wasn't right at all. Yes. Yeah. So we always thought that that was going to be it for life. Yes. It was going to be a, a lifelong situation yes. of medication, psychiatrists. But the strange thing is not long before I was saved, I'd been to the psychiatrist yeah. and he'd dismissed me for yes. some unknown reason. He says, nah, we don't need to see you anymore. Yeah. Here's the number for the crisis center if you ever need us. Yeah. But He didn't take you off the medication or anything? No, he discharged me yeah. and says, you haven't got to come and see me anymore. Yeah. Live, you know, if you need any help with the medication, anything like that, no problem, just come and see us. Yeah. So at that time, that was a great feeling because, you know, 30 years of psychiatrists. But then not long after I'd been saved, I did start feeling different. Yes. I noticed that I wasn't getting up struggling. Yeah. And so we kind of thought, it's a bit too much to ask. Yes. But, you know, is there a possibility that... Yeah, I could have been. Yeah, not necessarily healed, yeah. but a renewing of the mind. Yes, and a renewing of the mind and a renewing of the spirit. Yeah, the mind's the one thing that I've been struggling with. Yes. So me and Tina says, "Look, let's do this the right way. You know, we'll let the doctor know, but we're going to try and come off the tablets. We've got to try it." So anyway, I phoned the doctor, and she says, "Well, what's happened and changed that you want to?" So I explained. <laughs> Now, trying to explain to a doctor that you've become a Christian and all of a sudden you don't think you need your tablets, they think you're going through an episode anyway. Do you remember what the doctor said to you? She was, well, she was very sceptical. Yeah. Very sceptical. She yeah. says, oh, well, you can try, but, you know, you must do it this way. But if you need to go back on them, don't, you know. Yes. 
I know, I've been through this a few times. So anyway, so we decided, right, let's start weaning off the tablets. So I started weaning off the tablets. It was only a short time after I'd been saved. Yes. So by the time I was baptised, I was actually drug-free. Yes. Completely. Yeah. And I have been for four years. Yes. Let's just... And nobody put any pressure on you? Nobody. This was all my... This was my doing. Yeah. This was my choice. Yeah. Um, I'm a great advocate for tablets. Yeah. And treatment and psychiatrists, because that's what got me through for yeah. 30 years. Yes. You know... Um, so obviously I'm not recommending to anybody yeah. that they do this. Yes. You've got to be in, you've got to feel that it's right for you. Yes. This is your story. This is my story. There's nobody else's yeah. and nobody put any pressure on me to yeah. do it. This was just my choice. Yeah. And, you know, and I knew that there were risks. Yeah. I knew that there was every chance that I'd go back on tablets. Yeah. But I've been so blessed. Yes that for four years now, I've not been on any medication. Yeah. I've not seen a doctor. Yeah. The only time I see a doctor is for me wellness check each year because I was on tablets for so long. Yes, yes. And it, it's, it's been very easy, yes. to be quite honest. And the only bouts I've had yeah. are like everybody else gets. Yes. I wake up feeling a bit rough in the morning Yeah. and thinking, oh, is it? And then by mid-afternoon I'm fine again yes. I think the worst I've been is for a day yes in four years which after a lifetime oh. of suffering like you suffered is incredible for four well for 40 odd years yes. yeah and for some of the things that I've been through yes you know and some of the things that I've I've, I've had to witness as well because of the illness yes. you know and the stress it's put on my family, my, you know, my kids, Tina, even, you know, my first wife, I mean, that's, you know, she suffered because I suffered. Yes. You know, the whole family did. And you don't realise until you actually come out of it how much they're suffering. Yeah. You know, and, and unfortunately that adds to the guilt. Yes, yes. So that's four years ago. Mm, four years. Uh so you'd have the normal ups and downs that seem like... Oh, yeah. Well, everybody has. Yeah. Because I know that everybody suffers. Yes. Everybody, at some, to some degree, suffers from, not necessarily depression, but, you know, everybody gets their ups and downs. Yes, everybody has mood swings. Yeah. They're bound to, you know, it's the pressure of life on itself. So, yeah, but for four years, and I, I don't get me wrong, I still get bouts that remind i get reminders yes i get little reminders yes yes that makes me remember just how blessed i am yes fascinating oh no really fascinating and so uh sometimes when i talk to people i say what's the biggest difference god has made in your life well i think for you that's, <laughs> yeah that's pretty yeah. obvious isn't it but what other changes do you think you've seen in yourself oh cracky it, it this past, I think probably past six months yeah. has has made a lot of difference. Yeah. I don't know. There's just, I mean, I've always been one for wanting to help people anyway. Yes. It's just been a natural part of my character. Even in your depression, you had a big heart. I think. Yeah, always tried to have. I've tried to have. Yes. But now it 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 seems to be getting even worse. <laughs> I kind of just I want to be stepping out as much as I can and and doing more. Yes. And I think the past six months 
I don't know, we've been delving into the, the biggest one is we've been delving into the Bible more. Yes. So we've, we've, we've started that Bible in a year. And yes. Oh, man. Yes. Because I, I, always, I always struggled to read. Yes. Not in, in I could read, but I've, I was in remedial reading when I was at school because I don't know if it, 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 I've got no focus for reading. I can't, I can't visualize what I'm reading. So I've always struggled. I never read novels. But then last the tail end of last year, um, I just kind of thought, no, I've got to do something about this. And I asked uh, um, Ali, Ali, and we were, he'd got a book that he'd wrote. Yes. And, I, and he said, well, try reading this. And I actually started reading his book. Yes. And found it, strangely, quite easy. So I thought, right, now's the time. Yeah. So we've been delving into the Bible and the things that's been coming out of that yeah. has just been like oh, wonderful, mind blowing. No, that's really wonderful. And so you and Tina do that together. Yeah. Me and Tina do that together. Yeah. We read the same passage each day Yeah. and then we discuss it. And then any problems I've got, yes. you know, I kind of find somebody and go, right, well, explain this bit, please. Yes. But some of the things have, they're just, they're just mind blowing. Yes. And interestingly, sometimes people have a, like a honeymoon phase when they first get saved, which, well, maybe everybody goes through a little bit, but we're four years on and you've recently started getting involved in Streets for Christ just in the yeah. last couple of months. So yeah. just talk about why you have and what that involves. Right. Well, we, we heard Paul Trainer talk at um, one of the NG events and Tina felt at the time it was something we ought to get involved in more than I did. Yes. But then I kind of had a very big wow moment when I was I was in the I was on the treadmill listening to some worship music and I just thought, right, I'll put it to God and ask him what he wants me to do. Yeah. And is this what he wants me to do? And I was in floods of tears and Tina thought there was something wrong, but it was just the fact that God had let me know. No, you need to be helping Paul. Yes. You know, you need to be helping Streets for Christ. So we got in touch with Paul and said we'd like to meet. We met. And then it just went from there. It just flowed because it was the right thing on the right path that God was choosing. Yes. It flowed. And then so practically, what do you do? with? So on a Monday night, uh, for a Monday night, we, we now cook. Uh, the chicken and the veg and the gravy. And this is feeding the homeless. This is feeding the homeless and just the disadvantaged. Yes. So all the service users aren't necessarily homeless. Right, yeah. But they could be, you know, they're, they're very destitute. Very vulnerable, them. yeah. So on a Monday night, we go to All Saints Community Centre. And for about an hour and a half, we serve them um, soup, a main and puddings. And they also get clothing and food if we've got it. Um, and then on a Wednesday night, there's an outreach in town. We've done that only once because that clashes with our hub. Yes. But we did that last week. Yes. Which is a real eye-opener. Yes. You know, yeah. these people are just invisible. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so that was a, a real, real eye-opener for us. But it makes you realise why you're doing it. Yes. Um, and then Tina's been helping with the website which yes. we've just got up and running so yes. that people can donate for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been an amazing, this was started about October time. Yeah. So it's not been long, but uh, it feels like we've been doing it forever. Yes. Yes. Serving God. Yeah. Helping oh, the vulnerable. Yeah. 
And uh, no, listening to your story again is really inspiring, Gary. And uh, I thank you, and I feel really grateful to God for what He's done in your life. You know, oh. it's it, uh, it's genuine, it's real, it's happened. Yeah. You know, we've we've talked about having this conversation uh, recorded for a while. Yeah. We wanted to mm-hmm. just make sure it's the right time. If we were going to, if I was going to ask you what advice you'd give people suffering from bipolar or depression from your vantage point because your story isn't everybody's story i've seen you helping other people in this what's your what would you say to people you're not a medic you're not a doctor no but i'm just interested in your opinion because you've traveled a bit of that road. yeah i think that the, the biggest one that i always found was never to be ashamed never be ashamed yeah it, it's it's an illness Unfortunately, it, it's got no real symptoms that people can see yeah. because most of the time you're hiding it and you mask it, but it's just don't be ashamed. Yes. You know, yes. tell people. Yes. I told everybody. Yes. And I think at times, you know, I got on people's nerves because I would tell them. Yes. You know, if they asked anything, I'd tell them the truth. Yes. You know, and don't be ashamed to see, have to see doctors or psychiatrists or be on medication. Yes. There's no shame in it. Yes. You know. I always said if I'd got a broken leg or I'd got diabetes, you would, you'd tell everybody. You wouldn't be ashamed of it. Yes. So I think that's the biggest thing is never be ashamed yeah, and just accept help from wherever it will come from. Mm. If it's through a church setting, just accept the help. Yes. You know, and try and seek people out yeah. that, that will listen and, you know, that will meet up with you. Mm. Because there's plenty of people in, in our church, I know for a fact, that will meet up with people who are suffering. Mm. You know, no, very good, and I, I'd hope all our NG churches are welcoming and supportive. Yeah. I'm sure they are, and oh, uh, yeah. and and that would be really important to us. I guess, I guess, I want to conclude with a question, not the same one I asked at Alpha that time. If you could ask God one question, what would it be? But if if Jesus was literally sitting in the chair next to me here, we believe he's here by spirit. Mm. But if he yeah. was here. What's the one thing you'd say to him, do you think, right now? Thank you for saving me. Mm. Just thank you. Mm. Just for accepting me for who I am. Mm. With, <laughs> oh, I can't even put it into words, because if I do, I'll start crying. Mm. I know I will, because it's just an amazing feeling just to be accepted, especially with the illness I had. You don't think you're going to be accepted anyway. But Jesus accepts you for who you are. And no matter what you've done in your life, you know, if you accept him, he'll forgive you mm. time and time again. Mm. And I still, we all make mistakes. I still make big mistakes. Mm. We all do, but we know that if we just put it to him, he'll forgive us for it. And we can move on and not make the same mistake again. Gary, so much uh, thanks for you sharing your story. No we problem. really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the NG Church Network podcast and conversation. We are passionate about capturing authentic experiences of ordinary lives impacted by an extraordinary God. To find out more about our network, please check out www.ngchurchnetwork.org.uk.